Um, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in your presence, to be here in your house. God, we love you dearly, Lord. Oh, Father, as we prepare for this fast and these things, give us a passion for your presence. And God, also give us a passion for your word. God, today, bring it alive. Speak to us. I pray, God, that there will be moments throughout this sermon today where the Holy Spirit just speaks. And you all together, we feel like, wow, God, that was for me. I know that was for me. God, I hear what you're saying. Speak, God. Heal. Strengthen. God, release hope, give direction, give wisdom, give insight. God, give clarity. And we thank you, God, because your word is alive and you're about to do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to continue on with our series in Luke chapter 19. As you guys know, we, we got into that last week, and, and we had been in a little bit, oh, excuse me, two weeks ago, and we looked at some of that, and we, we, we're going to look at the same passage that we looked at last week again today. But before we do that, um, are there any professionals here in the building? What I mean by professionals is you maybe either run a business, lead a business, but you are a professional in your area of what you do. And so, meaning that there might be somebody else who does what you do, but maybe they're not where you're at yet, and so they might be at an amateur level, but you recognize that you are not at that level, you're at a more professional level of what you do. Is there anybody like that? I need at least two people like that that can come here real quick, um, and I need your help as we uh, do an illustration here, and we're going to get started into this passage. Again, Luke 19, so you want to open your Bibles, we're going to get there in just a moment. Anybody here? Anybody here? Anybody here? Come on, I know there's several of you, I just need you. Okay, Froilan, thank you so much for coming, uh, and uh, Brenda Manning, uh, Brenda, yeah. Okay, uh, and Brother Alvaro, thank you so much for coming. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. You guys are awesome. Okay, so quickly, uh, did on these mics work? Forlan, can you come come here? You're awesome. I love when you volunteer, brother. It's just, it's just always like, Pastor, me, me. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so uh, guys, I just I want you each to to answer this question for me here as we. As, we get, as, uh, as I'm trying to explain something, and again, we're in Luke chapter 19, um, but here's the question. You guys could each take a turn here. Um, what would you say is the difference in your field between a professional and someone who has good intentions, but they're not at your level? What, what would be the difference in what's produced? What would be the outcome? And so can, we, can you just introduce your, tell us your name and what you're professional in? Okay, let's start there. I saw, I get ahead of myself. I'm ready. We get those on. We don't. Uh, we get them on, please. Let's, oh, there we go. We got one working. Oh, they were on. All right. You want to go first? Hi, my name is Roy. Uh, I run an automotive shop. Uh, so I can answer the question now. Uh, no. Okay. My name is Brenda, and I'm an accountant, but my title is accounting manager, so I'm a manager. Yeah. Uh, good morning. My name is Alvaro Perez, and uh, I'm a plant health care manager. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, so why don't we start over there? Uh, in my profession, uh, a lot of the people that start running this career, they are overthinkers, and they try to be overly cautious, which is totally understandable because they don't want to break somebody's car down while doing the repairs. Okay, okay, absolutely. Um, can you repeat the question, sorry. Yeah, no, 
What would you say is the difference in your field between a professional and someone who has good intentions, but they're just not at your level yet? Um, I think that the difference is um, knowledge, and it, they just don't know how to do certain things, and um, if they attempt to without the knowledge, they will do it wrong. Yeah, they count and they have people's numbers all over the place. And yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. And like with, um, and with me, you know, like uh, there's other people, that, you know, they want to learn how to do it. And the difference is that I'm, uh, you know, like I got my certification, my license. And uh, in order for them to do, to be on my level, they have to be, you know, prepared for it. And, um, you know, like me having the license, I can be able to teach somebody else how to do it yeah. and train them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Just, just a quick question. Is it true that at your job they consider you one of the big dogs? <laughs> Not yet. I'm my way there. <laughs> he's, he's being modest. Uh, all right. Okay, so what, what I wanted to take away is, is from this, from the three of you who are professionals in your field, all of you believe that there's a clear difference from being a professional and somebody who has good intentions. Yeah? Yes. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. Well, well, wonderful. That's it. Can, you have, can we give them a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you so much. So in our Luke 19 passage, some questions have arised. In the story, and we're going to read it in just a moment, we learn that everyone has been given this equal opportunity, the same opportunity, but some produce differently. And part of the question has been, well, isn't it, isn't it just, am I being faithful or, or not being faithful, but where is it? You know, listen, have you ever seen somebody get, like, get the job done, but their job doesn't quite look at the level of, 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 of the level that it should be, Right? Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and draw this here for us quickly. And I, I apologize here if we you can't read what I'm trying to... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so... Oh, man, I'll get you guys, don't worry. Uh, how do I spell? Uh, you know, when you just use a... Uh, ability plus uh, we'll say we're going to say heart here okay you guys got that alright so I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and do this here so God gives every single one of us the opportunity. We're going to see this in Luke 19. I'm going to read the whole thing, and I know we read it last week, and if you're new, we're going to read it again. But God gives us all the same opportunity. Every single one of us has the same opportunity to honor God. Every single one of us has the same opportunity to put Him first, to serve Him, to, to, to use what He's given us, right? To honor Him. Every single one of us has the same opportunity, right? You've seen different things in, in your life where not everybody feels like they have the same opportunity, but in the case of honoring God, everyone has the same opportunity. But opportunity plus ability. 
Now, God gives some of us different abilities, different gifts, or you have different resources or connections or things in your life, but you have the opportunity to use your ability is, is equal. Plus your hearts. What do I mean by hearts? Your heart is your passion and your desire to honor God. It's, it's right here in this area that says, man, you know what? I want to give God my best. I want him to be number one. I want to remove everything that is not number one. I'll slide them down and two and three, wherever else, but they cannot take this place and opportunity. Here's the problem. We got people, and again, opportunity uh, plus ability, because you oh, I don't know if I spelled that right, plus and then they got like H-E-A. And, and, and they don't have the heart to honor God. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to honor the Lord, but the follow-through isn't there. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Does this, this resonate? Does this make sense? The, the, the follow-through isn't there. I desire, I love God. It's not that I don't love God. But Pastor, if you were to ask me, do I love God? You would say, well, yeah, I love God. But the follow-through isn't there. Is that making sense? See, your desire to please God. Now, I want to jump into the passage, and I'm going to bring some of this back here in just a moment. Okay, so Luke 19, chapter 11 through, excuse me, verses 11 through 27. Now, we're going to read this here. Now, I read it more in depth and broke a lot of the chapter down last week. So if you missed some of that, please go back and then go back, check the last two messages. But I'm going to, I'm going to give you some of it right now. So verse 11, it says this. And so see it up here on the screen or follow along in your app or listen or open your Bible. It says, while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, right? What had just happened? Jesus had called uh, Zacchaeus down for the, 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 the tree, and he had, and salvation came to Zacchaeus' home, and it was this, this very special moment. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time, and he's heading through Jericho, okay? So um, I want you to see some of the details here, though, but it says this. Uh, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and this is the key in understanding what's going on here. The people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Here comes Jesus doing all these miracles, all these different things, and it's amazing for the people. It had been prophesied that a Christ would come. Who's the Christ? Christ is the Messiah, right? Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's his title. And so they had been prophesied that a Christ would come, somebody who would come and save them. And when they thought of the Messiah... They thought of somebody who was going to liberate them from Roman oppression. And they're emotionally charged because they're celebrating Passover, which led them to remember when God saved them, liberated them from Egypt. And so they're thinking, Jesus is doing all these miracles. He's got to be the Christ. He's the Christ. He's the Christ. He's got to be. He is the Christ. But Jesus came to liberate them spiritually Work on the inside, because if you allow God to work on the inside, the outside will take care of itself. But what happens is we want God to fix all the problems on the outside, and then guess what happens? We're like good for two steps, and then we're back in another mess. Why? Because the inside still isn't worked out. Okay, so here we are. Uh, you know, God's orders of things is always best. Okay, so verse 12, it says this, and he said, a man of noble birth. Who's he talking about in the story? He's referring to himself. And then it says this. Um, 
uh, a man of noble worth. He went to a distant country to have himself appointed as king and then return. He's talking about the period of time where he's going to go, but he's going to come back and Jesus is going to return. Every single one of us must understand Jesus will return. Verse 13, so he called 10 of his servants. Who's the servants? That's us. This is us. We are his servants and gave them 10 uh, minas. This is about three months worth of wages for the laboring man at that time. Verse 14, but his subjects hated him and sent delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Uh, you know, Jesus knows what's going to happen, and we see it in John, and just a, a, a few moments later of the story, people yell out, we don't want any Caesar but king, and this is directed at Jesus, because they're saying, hey, Jesus is your king, and they're like, we don't want any king but Caesar, and so Jesus knows how they're going to treat him. Verse 15, he was made king, however, and returned home, meaning the period of time where Jesus is not physically here but will return first thessalonians chapter 4 we will see him coming okay then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it right what they did with what he gave them right they all had the same opportunity he gave them ability where was their heart what came what was the outcome of that once he returns verse 16 the first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, this master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of... T I had planned to tell you this here at the end of the sermon, but I just, I, I got to tell you now, I just, you know, in prayer and worship this morning, God was moving and I just get just kept it's just it's on my heart so so heavy i absolutely for myself desire to hear the words one day good job good and faithful servant but my prayer for you my prayer for you is that every single one of you would hear good job, good and faithful servant. I come before the Lord and I cry out to Him for you that you would hear the words, good job, good and faithful servant. That is my heart's desire for you. Every single one of you. Every single one of you. Okay. Verse 18, the second one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, Take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Here is your mina. I have kept it and laid it away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. In verse 22, the master replies, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew what you, you knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I didn't put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you put my, uh, not put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could at least collect an interest? Then he said to those standing by, take this mean away from him. They give it to the one who has ten. Sir, they said, he's already has ten. He replied, I tell you, to everyone that has 
more will be given. Uh, to everyone who has will be given, uh, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. What does that verse mean? That means they had the same opportunity. They had ability. God gave them a time frame to do it. And this fell short, so they did not do anything with what God gave them. Verse 27, but those of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Again, I'll just... Jesus, Jesus is teaching the crowds and teaching us all the opportunity to use our ability to be faithful to Him. This is the Bible, front to back. God simply wants His creation to choose Him above everything else. So what does faithfulness to God look like, right? This is point number one. I'm just going to go through it because you've seen it. And I, it. It says this, choosing to be faithful to his word from a place of joy, right? We talked about this last week. I'm just going to quickly say this. Whatever instruction God gives you, whatever it is, whatever he tells you, the master gives the ten servants instructions. Where do you find instruction? In his word. This is why it's so important that we have a relationship with his word. Listen. You have, to be, you have to have a faithful relationship with His Word in order to be faithful to Him. You are not faithful to Him if you're not faithful to His Word. And so we approach it with joy. Here was the promise, and I showed you guys this last week, Psalms 1, verses 2 and 3. But they, who's they, right? That's us, the church, those of the righteous. They delight, what does it mean, really enjoy in the law of the Lord, the Word of God, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. There's, there's, is. there's the blessing and promise of God that we would like to experience in this life. How do you experience it? But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. God's word planted on the inside of you because you're faithful to it. Be faithful to the word of God, and you'll be faithful to him. You cannot be faithful to him and not be faithful to the word. <clears throat> okay, so you got it. Okay, that was point number one. Now, here's what I want to talk to you about today. What does faithfulness to God look like? Number two, using well what God has given you so that there's proof. Using well what God has given you so that there's proof. Proof is a big deal, isn't it? Like, you can say that you climbed Mount Everest, but hey, I want to see the picture. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I want to see the picture. Right? Now, there's a certainly an emphasis here on proof, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I want to speak well, speak for a moment on using well. Using, using well. Using well what God has given you. Now, when you use something well, there's evidence, right? So there's the proof. But using well, like we, we, if you, you talk to a mechanic, they'll tell you if something has been used or not. They could tell you, oh, yeah, this thing is, it's all used, it's all done, or no, this, this, this is really good. Or you talk to a teacher, they could tell you if something has, has been used. You could talk to a doctor, they'll tell you about your body. Oh, yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they'll, they'll tell you. Do you remember before um, the before technology, right? What, how, what did, what's the what's the 
What's the growth of, of Bible? What, 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 what am I trying to say? What's the evolution of the Word of God being available to us, right? Did you see the book? It wasn't, it didn't start that way. It started on stone, right? Stone tablets. Then it moved over to papyrus. Then later on, we got paper. You know, they'd see us with our book Bibles, and they'd probably say, like, what are you doing? No, the Bible is only good on papyrus. And the generation before that would say, you have the Bible on papyrus? It's only good on stone tablets. What are you doing with that paper? You know? And then we have the, you know, technology. But do you guys remember when the book Bible, when you have, it, when you have the Bible, and some of you do, and I do, uh, but you, have you seen what it looked like when it was used? Can I put a picture up here really quick? Like, this, this Bible has been used. Someone's, someone's been in this. Right? So, someone has been in this Bible. That's a beautiful thing. Now, technology, I mean, you can, you, can, you can do the same. You can write all kinds of notes. You can do all kinds of highlights. I, you, you know, you can friend me. If you are not friends with me on the Bible app, please friend me. And it's, it's, we, we can be friends and on the Bible app. But I can see your highlights. You can see my highlights. But you can tell when something has, has been used. Now, ever see something and, and uh, you could tell that it's never been used? Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, I, I, you know, I was, you know, it was tough. Everywhere, you just got to put on a mask. Every single place you got to go, you got to put, you know, put on a mask. I'm like, there were times where I forgot my mask. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, hey, you know, anybody got a mask? I got to go in this building. They won't let me in. There's a guy standing at the door. Could you, do you got a mask? And, and, and somebody was like, hey, yeah, uh, uh, I have an extra mask. I was like, oh, thank you. And when you ask somebody for an extra mask, what are you expecting? You, it's going to be new and flat, you know, and, and crease. And, 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 and he's like, oh, yeah, here's my extra mask. And I'm like... Brother, do you not understand we're in a pandemic? Like, <laughs> like is this, like, how? <laughs> I got to get in the building. Is there anyone else who's got an extra mask? <laughs> you know? <laughs> the problem today is that there are too many Christians who don't have any wear or proof that they've used what God has given them. Hey, we, we, there's, there's just, can you tell if the thing has been worn? Can you tell if, if any of the opportunity has been used or any of the ability has been exercised? I mean, I mean, I mean, this, this God-given, God-given, like this might be different than somebody else's, but, but you have it, every single one of us. The, the problem is that it's not being used. And there is a time, there's, there's, there's a time from here to here. And it's only during that time that you get to, that you get to use this. In Christ and living on mission should produce something. There should be some type of outcome. There's your proof. There should be something that comes out of us that glorifies God. In John 15, 8, it says this. By this my Father is glorified that you, us, bear much fruit. Bear, produce much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And so prove, and so prove, evidence, make known who you are. 
prove to be my disciples, that you bear, produce much fruits, that the good deeds would come out of you. Everyone's had the same opportunity. You would take whatever God has given you in ability, your heart would match with it, and it would produce something that glorifies God. Have you heard the phrase, the proof is in the pudding? How many of you like pudding? How many of you don't like pudding? Okay, I don't know if we're going to have that at our next church potluck. <laughs> you know, uh, okay, we can get off topic here. My wife asked me to, uh, to make her coffee the other day and something, you know, I, I, you know was, we're always busy. We're always running, her and I, and so... You know, hey, I made coffee. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got you. I'll make coffee, you know. And, and she's got this special coffee that she likes. And, you know, it's from Nicaragua. And there's a way that she likes it done. But I figured out, we figured out how to do it in the Keurig and, and make that happen. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, hook, I'm hooking it up. And there's a particular creamer. There's one type of creamer on this earth that she likes. One, okay. And it's, it's this uh, cinnamon creamer, okay. We get it at Target. This is one creamer that she likes. And so, I go, you know, I'm getting the coffee ready, and then I open the fridge, I'm getting the creamer, and it's gone. It's empty. There's no more. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm like, hey, baby, uh, we got no creamer, uh, you know. And she's like, oh, man, uh, you know, I'm not going to have time to stop and get something else. And I was like, you know what? Let me try something. If you let me, let me try something, Okay. So I go, and I'm like, okay, let me check the cupboards, check the fridge, let me come up with something. Okay, uh, we got some almond milk, put a little almond milk in there, right? And then, and then I was like, okay, cinnamon. She likes cinnamon, this cream is cinnamon. I put some cinnamon in there like this, and, 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 then, and then I was like, oh, we got honey. So I put honey in, in, in there like that, and then I mixed it all. Hey, baby, I, I made some. This is for you. And, and, and she was like... <laughs> She's like, thank you, and she starts taking sips, and uh, she's like, oh, this is good. It, it tastes like honey. <laughs> I, know, I think we might go back to buying the creamer. <laughs> but how does the Christian prove to be a disciple of God? By bearing much fruits. This is it. By bearing much fruit. It's proof, right? When, when the fruit comes out and what it tastes like and what it produces and what it does in your life and the good deeds and, and the other people that you're blessing and working and how you're, what you're doing in your church, what you're doing in your community, what you're doing in your family, in your home, it's going to produce. It's going to show. There's going to be evidence. It's either going to taste like what God says it's going to taste like, or it's going to be something else. Right? What does this mean? It means us bearing fruit of the areas of our life produce or multiplied in a way that honors God. You want to know a quick check if your life and any of the areas of your life are, are, are producing? I call it a quick check, but it's also the big question. The big question. The big question is this, does it honor God? Check every area of your life, every area. Does it honor God? It's the quick check and also the big question. 
Does it honor God? Does it honor Him? That's going to give you an indication of where you're at and what you, what you need to work on. And again, brothers and sisters, it's not that there's perfection here, but we all choose to grow and to work and to, and to say, I want to honor God with my life. God, thank you for what you've given me. I'm grateful. And I choose to honor you. And if you're not sure, come talk to me afterwards. Pastor, I just, I just need to, you know, maybe I need help. Maybe I need a game plan. Listen, our church isn't a mega church. So the pastor or the pastors are unreachable. If you want to talk, let's talk. We're a community. We're a family. If we choose not to ask ourselves this question, we are going to create unbalance, unbalance in our lives. And, and, I, and I want to emphasize this. See, on the outside, we still might look like we're honoring God. But on the inside, our decisions are all, are all over the place. And it's only a matter of time before the outside looks like the inside. And the devil preys on Christians that refuse to ask themselves the question, does this honor God? He prays. Oh, he's looking. Oh, I see the little one <laughs> off the back. I'm going to get that one. And so today I want to give you four self-questions to help you multiply and put to use what God has given you. Four questions. This is for you to ask yourself. You get the big question, and then you get these other questions. Okay, four questions to help you on your journey. Here they are. What, when, how, and why? Where's my teachers? Let's see, Gabby, Gabby right there. You guys use this all the time. You guys have been in school all the time. What, when, how, and why? We're going to break this down here real quick. You're familiar with them. So I have opportunity. It's equal all the way across the board. I have different abilities. Maybe some mine's different than somebody else. That's fine. How do I going to make sure that I'm going to equal produce what honors God? Okay. So what do I use? Verse 13. Can we go to verse 13a? It says this. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Okay. So what do I use? What resources has God given you? That's, that's for you to ask yourself. What gifts and abilities has God given you? What connections has God given you? you what, the emphasis is on this. You already have on the inside what God has given you to use. It's already there to bring Him glory. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't take what we have and, and, and define it and sharpen it because we need to do those things. But if you're looking around and saying, well, I don't have what, 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 what Brenda and Gabby have when they lead worship, and, uh, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't have that, or I don't have what Moises over here playing. Where's Moises? I lost him. I don't have, for, uh, Brother Paul, Emmanuel, Omar, I, 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 don't, I don't have what those, those things. I, I don't have that. No, but you have what God has given you. Be content with what God has given you. If you use it faithfully, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be multiplied. It's going to be a blessing. Right? God is going to say when he returns, good job, good and faithful. 
servant. This was the time allotted. This is what you did with what I gave you. My son, the other day, we were, we were walking and talking, leaving his, uh, his, his soccer game. And uh, some of you guys don't know, I'm coaching. I coach my, my, my son's uh, seven-year-old team, six- and seven-year-olds, having some fun Saturday mornings. If you're free, want to come and, and watch, come as I'm coaching and refereeing and my, with my son and the team at the same time. But, so we're, we're leaving the game uh, just a couple of uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's excited about this Lego that he's got, and he built it up like this. And he's like, dang, Dad, Daddy, isn't this so cool? Like, look what I made. Look, look what I made. And I was like, wow, you know, how do you feel about it? He's like, wow, Dad, I, look, I mean, look, it does this and that, and it's, it's you know, it, it's cool. He made this little action figure at Legos, you know, followed the instructions and, 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 and made it. And I said, son, isn't that just like how God is when God created each and every one of us? He put you together, knit you in your mother's womb, the word says. And in every single one of you, he's like, all oh, like, I, I did that. I did that. Every single one of you. And inside of you, he put something special. Not for you to compare with somebody else's. Inside of you is already special. God was like, I did it again. I did it again. And it's inside of you. God created you. God worked in you in that way. So it's on us to use what God has already put inside of us. And then we sharpen and work it out and do that. And, but, but, but that's it. So, so what do I use? What he's already given you. When do I use it? When? Uh, verse 13b. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Okay. As I've been emphasizing, I want to make it clear again. There is a time where he left. There is a time where he will come back. He will come back, he will come back, he will come back. The church must be aware of this. The church must, must, must have a focus on this. The church must understand that Jesus will return. We cannot get caught up in, well, I don't know, he ain't coming back, so I don't know. You don't know. He is coming back. We have to live in such a way that we recognize he's coming back. And if he's coming back, then i got to do some things in my life. I have to make some decisions. i got to do some things differently. I have to, I have to ask the Lord to forgive me. i got to repent. i got to fall at his feet. I, I, I need to worship him. I need my heart to be all in. i I, I got to be all, all in. What happens if he comes back and we haven't used what he's given us? then we haven't been faithful to Him. And we have not produced and we have not multiplied. Today is the day. Pastor, how, how do I do that? Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's Zoom about it. Text about it. Call about it. Talk after service about it. Use it. Use it today. Today is the day. Begin. Let's make a plan. God has it in you. May your life glorify Him. Okay, now how do I use it? How do I use it? Colossians gives us some insight. I want to share this with you. It says this, So, as to walk... Can we read this together, actually, on the count of three? I did this just so much right here. Okay, one, two, three. So, 
as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There is so much to this right here. How do I use what God has given me? Again, so what am I doing? Is it, is it pleasing God? Am I, am I bearing fruit? Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Let me pause there for a moment. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. God sets a path. And he says, this is the path. You don't have to go find your own path. You don't have to discuss what path should I take? Take the path that's worthy of the Lord. Walk in his path. So walk that path. The problem is, because of what culture presents itself and what we allow in, you know, through media, we watch it, we hear it, we see it, and all these, all these different things, we're like, oh, man, let me, let me just check that out. I'm going to keep one foot on the path, but let me, like, check this out. Like, like I'm still trying to walk with the Lord, but I, like, I, like, I'm, like, really interested in this over here. And, 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 and suddenly, like, what? Oh, the temptations of the flesh become so strong, the other foot just drags up. Oh, now you're on a different path. You're not on the path of the Lord anymore. You're no longer walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Choosing to live this life right before God. Are, are, are you veering off the path? Have you distracted by the things of this world, turning to the left or turning to the right? Calling something wrong, right? Making excuses to justify what doesn't honor the Lord? Oh God, come on, it's 2022, you know. No. If it ain't right, it ain't right. We just call that what it is, and then we work on it. It's not that all of a sudden we just, we, 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 okay, well, I recognize that's wrong. Let me just, whoop, and I'm, but I, I understand. Some of us, that's our testimony. We just went from, from, from zero to 100. We're on the, with the Lord, and that's wonderful. But for some of us, we, we got some things to work out. We got some chains to break. But is there, a, are you working on it, or are you saying one day? The thing is, tomorrow isn't promised. Our hearts should desire to honor him above all else. And I want you to keep in mind what the Bible says in James. Check out James. Don't you love James? I, I love the book of James. It's one of the, like, the toughest books in the Bible where James is just like, he, he doesn't hold anything back. It says this, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Well, pastor, I got faith. I mean, I believe. But he says that's not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is what? And what else? Pastor, how are you going to call my faith dead and useless? I didn't. The Bible did. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces. Right? Something's got to come out of it. Some, some, something has got to come out of this. I, I, I believe now something's got to be produced. This is the evidence. This is the proof in the pudding. This is how you know if something's been used well. 
This is how you know if, if, if the opportunity has been taken advantage of, the ability has been exercised, and there's been heart in it, passion in it, desire in it to honor God. Because it'll produce something. Every single one of us will, will, will produce something. And the master is coming back. And we must get busy using what God has given us. Lastly, why do I use it? Why do I use it? Because opportunity plus ability plus faithfulness, right? Our heart, our passion, our desire equals honoring God. And, and that, should, that should be every single one of us. You know, you come to see the forgiveness of God and it's so beautiful. Who are we that God would forgive us? I don't even need to know your stuff, your story, what you've been through, what it used to be like. You want to share your testimony? Hey, let's, let's, let's do that. I love testimony times. But I, I say that to say this. No matter what you've been through or what you've done, God's just like, Phew. who else can do that? No one. Why does he do it? Because he deeply loves you. From that, you should say, okay, I want to honor God. Look what he does for me. I have found hope and healing in Christ. And if that's you, then your heart's desire should honor him. You should, you should come from a place, I want to honor God. I, I, I want to honor him. And honoring God comes with affirmation Quickly, I want to look at verses 15 through 19, and uh, Moises, and you join me, it says this, he was made king, right, we're talking about the master and the story, he went away, he's got 10 servants, he left them each with something, he returns, he says he was made king, however, and returned home, then he sent, check this out, then he sent for the servants to whom he'd given the money, in order to find out what they had gained with it, one day we'll all be in line, and it's going to be your turn. And you're going to stand in front of him, every single one of us. There's no way not to stand in front of him. You're going to stand in front of him. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant. His master replied, Because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. You, you know what happens to the, to the last one. He ends up calling the last one, you lazy and wicked servant. That's what he says. just as I mentioned before, my heart's desire. For me personally, I want to hear good job and good faithful servant, but I get on my knees before the Lord and I ask him, God, would you work in them in such a way? Would you help me to equip them in such a way? Would you help me to pour into them in such a way? Would you, would you give me or would you help me to feed them in such a way that they'll be ready, Lord, to step into what you have for them? 
else that one day, God, they're there in line. And it's their turn. And all of a sudden, the first thing they see is a giant smile from you. And they are so overwhelmed because the reaction from you is this smile. My child, you did it. You did it. Against the all odds of the flesh, against all the temptations of the enemy, against everything that life threw at you, against every time even you wanted to give up, you got back up and you kept going. And you're going to see that smile from him and you're going to know exactly what it means. And as you get closer, he embraces you and he tells you, personally and publicly, good job, my good and faithful servants. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. That's my heart's desire. No matter where you're at this morning, some of you, you know, you feel like you're, you're on the path. And that's great. You're running it. Keep going. The race isn't over. The journey's not over. Some of you, you got one foot in, one foot out. You're like checking out some things. It's time to bring both feet on the path. Let go of it, whatever it is. I promise you, it is not more satisfying than honoring the Lord. It's just not worth it. Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. It's hard. Let it go. And maybe some of us here this morning, you got no feet on the path. That's the truth. You got no feet on the path. Let today be a day that you change directions. That you step onto a new path. A path that I promise you brings a satisfaction and a joy, a peace. That it don't even make sense to other people, but that's okay. It will satisfy you. You search and you search and you try and this will make me happy and this will be good for me and this will, if I try, if I do these things, but I'm telling you that if you do this, watch, God is faithful to his word. Here's my challenge for you. We're going to pray. Ask yourself, what has God given me? There it is right there. Number two, make a plan for immediate implementation to use what God has given you. 